0: Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit
1: our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Hi everyone, nice to be here. I just want to do a real special intro for Michelle. So I think it's just so appropriate and so apt that today, and this, this is a new season. If you're brand new to us, um, this is a new season with Dave and Michelle taking over the leadership. And basically they're becoming the mum and dad of, of City Location. And we're so grateful for the season that we've had before. And now we're grateful for these guys. And I just think it's so appropriate. I met with Michelle during the week and um, I said, you know what, mums have a voice. Hello, mums. Do we speak? Do we have things to say? Yes, we have things to say. And uh, for me in ministry, years, years, when I was a lot younger, um, it took a lot for me to actually get up here and use my voice and use the words that God had given me. And um and so I just think it's and I said to Michelle, you're the mum, you have a voice, you have words that God has given you. And I just think that actually for this this season that Michelle's gonna set a tone for what is about to come into this the life of this church. I really believe that. Because mums, we set the tone. We actually do. You know it, you know it, I know it, you know, how we how we operate, how we Go through our day. How we wake up in the morning, it sets the tone for the family. And um, so today, Michelle is going to come. She's an amazing woman of God. Her capacity is out there. I'm telling you, her capacity. Not only has she raised four amazing, beautiful children and still raising, but she is a businesswoman. She is a caterer. She provides food. So today she's going to provide a meal for us. Are you ready to digest a meal this morning? So, bless your heaps. Let's put your hands. Let's put our hands together as she comes. So good. Oh,
0: thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Viv. It's so good to have you here in the room with us this morning, and um, you're just Viv is just the perfect example of the mama bear in the house, and I always love it when she's here, she's so awesome. And I've got my own mum here today as well, which is nice. She's visiting, so that's really, really great. Awesome, so, um, welcome everybody to Annisbrook City. So good to have you here. My name's already been introduced, so that's good, Michelle. I am married to Dave, who was just speaking before, so you can connect the dots, okay? And um, we have four children. Trinity, who's sitting on the front row today? We've got Israel. He's here somewhere. Yes, Nathan's on sound. Yes, and Naomi's and kids. So when you get us, you get a whole team. So it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> Go the King family. All right. So we have actually been at Annisbrook. I was trying to do the maths on this. It was I was. I ha- I ran out of fingers counting this morning. I think it's coming up 14 years. Is that right? Yeah, 14 years at Annisbrook. So that's both across Sexton and then our time that we've had here in the city as well. So uh, we love this church. It's home for us. It's been home for us since we moved here. And um, we are just so honoured to um, be the new location pastors for this for this church and for this place and we love all of you and we love the mission and the heart and serving under Brenton Verve Viv and the team and um, yeah, it's just so good to be here. Lo- love it. Awesome. Um, I think I've got some photos somewhere, Griffin. Um, photos of our family. One of just before we moved here and we don't have them. Uh, okay, that's all right. Don't need to see those. You can see the, the kids for real afterwards. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, I thought just do a little bit of getting to know me because I might be a new face for a lot of you. Uh, some little known facts about me. I am actually English by birth. Might have not noticed the accent's gone, long gone. Uh, my parents are there. They can verify it. Um, so yeah, born in England, lived there till I was 10. And then between the ages of 10 and 15, had a very unique upbringing, um, my um some would say crazy parents decided to buy a boat and live on it, and uh, what turned into a year's sailing trip turned into a five-year sailing trip um, across the other side of the world. So, yeah, that's that's going to have a lot of ongoing questions. I realise I've opened a box now by saying that, um, but, yeah, you can direct all questions to my parents after the service. <laughs> Yeah, 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 uh, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, so uh, arrived in New Zealand when I was 15, my parents thought it would be a good idea if I finished school, much to my disappointment, um, <laughs> didn't enjoy going back to the classroom of five years sailing around and swimming and homeschooling, but you know, the different stages of life, these things happen. And so by the age of 17, I was I was done with sitting in the classroom at school. And I was like, no, I'm leaving home. I'm going to go find my own way. And went and moved to Tauranga. So that's up in the North Island. And decided I was going to study a diploma in tourism. And then I was just going to keep on travelling. That was my mission. So, yeah. So when off I went when I was 17. And, um, yeah, that kind of leads me into my journey with how I got to know the Lord and how I came to go to church. And um, life really changed for me around that time. So, yeah, when I was, yeah, I was, I'd moved to a new city. I was young and uh, all my, all of my polytech friends, they would go out drinking on the weekend and go to the pub and I was too young. I look young now. I looked even younger when I was 17. I probably looked about 12. So there was no way I could go and do that. And I said to the lady I was boarding with at the time, I said, oh, I wish I could meet some people who didn't just go out drinking for fun. Like, that would be really good. And she said, well, I go to a church down the road and there's a youth group. Would you like me to see if someone from the youth group would um, invite you to one of their social gatherings that they do during the week? And I was like sure thing, whatever. (laughs) I'm open to that. So um, sure enough, one day this chick calls me up and says, hey, would you like to go out? We're going out to the pools. Do you want to come? I was like, sure. And from there I got to meet uh, just a group of amazing young adults who had so much um, life and fun and they were happy, not because they were drinking, but just enjoyed life and it really spoke to me you know I was like these guys are cool uh, this is awesome and so I started hanging out with them and they're like do you want to come to our connect group or our bible study during the week and I was like well yeah sure I suppose I'll give that a try so so I went to a connect group before I even set foot in church which was interesting and I think that just really speaks about the power and of, of connect groups and how important they are at building relationships and friendships with people. So um, yeah, it was, it was actually during a connect group that um, I think somebody prayed one night and just the Spirit of God hit me and it was something indescribable, something I couldn't define but was just so very real. It just hit me in the chest and there was just no denying it. And from that point on, I was just forever changed, you know. I feel like, um, you know, it was so great how Paul shared before about the people who were searching. You know, I had some of my own ideas um, about what I thought life and God and purpose and all those things were, but nothing really gelled or came together until, um, until God really came upon me in that way. And from then on, it's just been a lifelong journey of of living with faith, and I have never turned back. So, yeah, so good. So, I would say, if I was to say what was what was the key thing that catalyst the change in my life, I would say it would have to be love. It would have to be God's love. And, oh, oh no. <laughs> um, The presence of God, yes. The overwhelming, reckless love of God like we were singing this morning, you know. There's just no denying that. But also out of that, I would say it was the people, you know. It was the Christian friends who showed love for me. Even when I didn't yet fully understand what they were about, I didn't fully get the beliefs. I didn't believe it myself at first. I was like, oh, I kind of see where you're coming from, but that's not for me. Didn't matter. They would still hang out with me anyway. They still talk to me. They still share their own experiences, and um, that made a way for me to experience God's love in a very real way. So yeah, just yeah, that's 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 me anyway. That's how. That's a very short summary. <laughs> So, yeah, I would say God's love for us is transformative. And at our first week back at church at Saxton, a few weeks ago, Brent also shared about love and God's great love for us. And um, and in turn, that command to love him and others above all else. I think we have the scripture for that one there. But love is the greatest command. You know, I was thinking about when I had to bring this word what is the overarching theme of our Christian faith? What what is going to plant this year? What is the most important thing above all else? And that is that's got to be love. That's the essence of the Christian faith. And if we it's the greatest command, you know, we have we got it? Yeah, love is the greatest commandment. And if we've got that scripture there. From Mark, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and with all your soul and with all your strength. And second to this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no greater commandment than this. And that's, you know, if you take nothing else out of the morning, then just take that one home, you know. (laughs) Love is the overarching theme. To know God is to know love because God is love. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. It's, um, yeah, there's nothing quite like it. And when we fall in love with God, or when he loves us, it transforms us. It transforms the way we behave when we are loved. You know, you think about this um, when you fall in love with someone for the first time. It does change you, and you does change the way you behave. You know, you can't quite help it. You you start thinking a little bit more about the way you're walking, the way you're talking, the way you're looking, the way you're behaving, and you want to put your best foot forward for this person that you're in love with. And um, I met Dave when I was 18, <laughs> 19. And, um, you know, when you first fall in love, you find – you want to find ways to show it. And I remember I, at the time I had a 1979 Honda Civic, red Honda Civic hatchback. My parents will remember that. <laughs> and I, I thought it was pretty cool, but, you know, this thing leaked like a bucket. Um, I kid you not, one winter it grew mushrooms on the carpet in the front seat. Not magical ones either. <laughs> but, you know, it got me from A to B. And um, here's some context for that, it and it's going to make me feel a little bit old. But at the time, I lived probably about 15 minutes from Polytech. And I'd drive there and back, you know, four or five times a week. And it would cost me $10 a week in petrol. No. <laughs> How's that? So, you know, I was living the dream. Ten bucks a week. So good. I'd be so good if our cars only took ten bucks a week now. Um, Anyway, so when I first started going out with Dave, he had a scooter, which he was often crashing. (laughs) And I had the car, so I would often drive him around. And one day I stopped at the gas station. He's like, oh, I'll get the gas. And I was... I was to my shock, he filled the tank, (laughs) filled the tank, (laughs) how much did it cost Dave, about $28, (laughs) anyway to me I was a little bit, he did it out of love but I was a little bit indignant, I was like why did you do that, that's like really extravagant, (laughs) And I kind of been raised on that whole theory, Jeff, you might as still um, pertain to this, but, you know, you never have drive around with a full tank because it's uneconomical. So I was like, why did you do that? <laughs> but, you know, um, he did it out of love. And I think that's, that's, the <laughs> that's the thing. Another thing I also did for Dave, that I did for him, was everyone knows, well... I would say it was mostly true, but the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, why don't you come over to my flat for dinner and I'll cook. And And I just made this amazing dish. And it was this vegetarian lasagna with, you know, like 10 different vegetables. It was all beautifully layered. And... um You know, I was vegetarian at the time. Now, if anyone knows this now, you'll think that I can see Karas cracking up, right? (laughs) Because Dave, everyone knows that Dave actually loves meat and always has. And I was still a little bit oblivious, but you know what? He was in love with meat. So he ate it like it was the best meal he had ever eaten. (laughs) But yeah, so we do things when we're in love. We want to show it. You know, we want to show that. And when we experience the love of God, our heart's desire is to reciprocate that. It is, it's through spending time with Him, you know, spending time in His presence and, and doing things through our daily actions that, you know, exude that. So I'd say ne- my next main point would be love is manifested through actions. And the title of the message is actually called Love is a Verb. which Have we got any, like, old school DC Talk fans in the house? Oh yes, we do have a few. I thought it might just be Dave, but yeah, we do. Love is a verb was a song in the 90s, a Christian song about love is a verb. But you can look it up later. (laughs) Love is a verb. Love is is really, it's a spirit, but it's something that's exuded through the things that we do and the way we behave. Um, It's not just a feeling. Uh, Love is exemplified in action. So if we're going to exemplify and express our love to God and to others, how do we best do that? Um, love and action is freely given. And it is defined really well in 1 Corinthians 13. Have we got First Corinthians 13, Griffin? Um, you know, it's the classic one. It always comes out at weddings. And there's so much in it, you know. I'll read it out. Love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes and always perseveres. And then now these three things remain, faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. Yeah. So there's so much, so much in, in that. And... You know, last year we talked a lot about practising the way and all the ways that we express our Christian faith. And you know what? So much of that is is tied up with love and doing things out of love. The reasons why we do, you know, why we give, why we serve, why we pray, why we worship, why we fellowship. It's about loving God and it's about loving people. And and this is the way, you know. Um These things aren't love in itself, but it's demonstrating through what we actively do in our daily life. Um, Acts 17 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. So it's about, you know, just what's on the inside coming out on the outside in your daily life. Um, My next point is we can still maintain a spirit of love when things are hard. I think sometimes we think, you know, we can do all those things when things are going well, but it, it can become challenging to operate out of a spirit of love and to serve and to give and to praise God, even when times are difficult. And I just wanted to encourage people today that, you know, even even if things are a bit hard at the moment, um, the command to love is still the overarching command. It trumps any circumstance you may face, you know, um you know don't forsake don't forsake love don't forsake the love of god and if you have a look in the bible at different characters throughout the bible some of the heroes of the faith and the big challenges that they face and pretty much every every bible character i would say faced significant challenge and we will all face significant challenge but what did they continue to do you know they continue, Noah, he continued to persevere and be obedient despite overwhelming what I could only imagine, um, you know, disbelief of the people around him. Uh, Job, classic, you know, stayed faithful, refused to curse God despite going through the most horrific of circumstances. Did not curse God but saw him as his source. That was his only anchor. That was the only thing he had left when all else was taken away. Um, Joseph, you know, had, felt like he had a call of God in his life, but got thrown into jail, you know, disrespected and written off by his own family. What did he do? Continued to serve even in prison, persevered, showed forgiveness to those that hurt him, his own family. Esther, continued to serve. She used her position, her place in time, the role she was sat in to benefit others whilst risking herself. Um, David continued to seek God through psalms and worship, was faithful to Saul, who was his king, even though Saul was seeking him down to kill him. He would have these outrageous fits of jealousy and try to kill David, but David wouldn't stray from that. He He would just continue to seek God, Worship him, pour out his heart in the Psalms. And you can read those Psalms today still. Jesus, always operating out of a spirit of love and faithful, even to death on a cross. Just like we sang this morning without the blood, you know, to the very end, he gave his life for us. And then the apostle for Paul who came after him, faithful, even under persecution, shipwreck and personal discomfort. Never gave up on the call of God on his life, and so I would say there's a common thread amongst all of those people, and I would say that would be obedience to God, obedience to that call to love Him, to continue to serve and to love others. Um, if you're going to action love, it is going to get uncomfortable. Uh, love is not just a pretty word; it's actually it's a verb and it and it and it's not it's not a romantic all the time it can get uncomfortable so i would say get comfortable with discomfort yes. we we live in a culture where we're kind of cultured to avoid discomfort we want to steer away from that and it's almost like well if that's not working for me then i'll just move on you know but there's a, there's a, there's a reason to push through and um, it's not always a bad thing. We're actually kind of wired for it, to be honest. Um, I was watching a podcast recently by Brené Brown, who is a, she has a PhD in social work, and she spent years and years researching human emotions and the way they're wired in things like empathy and shame and vulnerability and she came to the conclusion after interviewing hundreds and hundreds of people that primarily human beings are wired for connection. Number one, connection, love. We're wired for it. But number two, we're also wired for struggle. So, you know, if you're human, you're going to struggle. But don't worry because God's wired you in a way that you're built to handle it. So don't shy away from it. Don't shy away from the discomfort when things get tough. But, you know you actually God set you up for success um, as human beings, we actually do do things that make us uncomfortable, but in the afterwards it makes us actually feel kind of good like you think about some of the things we did like we went to um Australia over the holidays and we went to the theme parks and it just fascinated me i 'm like we pay really good money to go on these Crazy rides that people have spent millions of dollars building to frighten the life out of ourselves. You know, like why do we do that? There's something about as humans we want to push ourselves. It's almost like we want to expose ourselves to that kind of challenge. So because afterwards it feels really good. So it's it's quite bizarre. But I mean, anyone who's done anything with mentioning, you know, climbing mountains, running marathons, achieving a degree. Oh my gosh, Dave, we moved here so Dave could study and get his degree and I did not want to get one after he did his. I was like, you you can have all the credit, I I don't wanna do it, I've seen you do it. (laughs) But you know, you're going through a really set of challenges and sometimes over a long period of time, but the outcome is that it's worth it, you know. There's, there's worth it to the struggle. But these, some of these things are things that we choose, right? So we choose, we choose to set a fitness goal or we choose to study or we choose to do different things. But what about when life presents challenges that we didn't choose or when our circumstances don't pan out the way we thought, um, when we have to deal with disappointment and pain? can we still continue to love in those seasons? Can we choose to not get stuck, stuck in bitterness or unforgiveness, Um, become more self-involved rather than outwardly focused because our pain and our situation become so hard? How can we push through that? Um, You know, sometimes it feels like, like we're stuck, you know, like there's no progress happening. Um, yeah, I would say in those moments, this is when you go back to the source, go back to God's love, go back to his presence. First Thessalonians five sixteen to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. Oh, my gosh. You know, pray continually. Give thanks. It's, that can be hard to do when times are tough. You know, how do you find your joy back? Start speaking to God. Speak it out loud. Tell Him. Do what David did in the Psalms. God, this is hard. You know, my enemies are on every front. I feel defeated. But you, God, you lift me up. And throw it back at him and let him come in and give you strength. Let his love strengthen you. Give thanks for it in all circumstances, even when you don't feel it and you don't see it. Um, I was thinking about different examples of where circumstances have been difficult and I haven't been able to see why or what God's doing through it. And I thought about it back to a time when... Um, just before we had our kids and around the, maybe around the time Trinity was born actually and I was working in um, a cafe um, in Tauranga and I had this boss called Breeze who was anything but a breeze she was probably the most challenging person I've ever worked for um, you know it was sort of like you'd go on your break and sh- you'd come back and she'd be like oh, you were gone for a long time. And I'm like, I was gone for 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, she was always kind of, oh, what would she do? Um, she We'd have to cook a chicken every day to make the sandwiches. And like, she would just check every time I'd pu- pulled all the meat off the chicken to make sure I'd got every last scrap off it. And like, you could get more off that. <laughs> and now I do that to my children, unfortunately. <laughs> So she was really hard to work for, but I felt in the time, I felt like I was supposed to be in that place and I wasn't sure why, but you know, it was challenging working for minimum wage and being in a job that you didn't love very much and that wasn't very rewarding. But I, I felt to hold on. And anyway, suddenly what seemed like quite out of the blue, she announced that they were selling the business and I was like, oh, okay. And very shortly after that, a young couple came in and took over the cafe. Uh, Their names were Kate and Evan. And they were in their young, you know, they were in their 20s. They were quite young. But anyway, they were like a breath of fresh air. It was amazing. I was like, oh, they really appreciated what I did and it was really good. But then even more than that, um, I think I was just, you know, doing my daily jobs. And Kate says to me, oh, I heard that you go to church. Is that true? And I was like, yes. She's like, would I be able to come with you sometime? And I was like, <laughs> you yes, you could. <laughs> She's like, I'm just really interested. And I'm like, cool. So sure enough, I was able to take it to church. And at the time, it was really awesome because our church was running an Alpha group. And I was able to say, let's go to Alpha because Alpha, if you haven't done it, covers all the basics of the Christian faith. It does it in a really nice way through video presentations. And the one that we did, um, they put put on dinner whilst you watched the video. So it was like, free dinner, free free message. And she got to ask lots of questions afterwards. And it was just the best thing. And And from that point on, you know, her life was changed. And and then consequently her husband, and now they live in Australia, they have kids. She works for a church. We went and visited them about three years ago. They're still going strong. And, you know, you just don't know why you're in certain places at certain times. You don't know what's going to happen, What's what the catalyst is going to be from you doing something faithfully, for you sticking it out when it's difficult and continuing to work um, through... Um, Difficult times. There was a really good scripture that I had that I've lost. My notes are all mixed up. But it was that one about um, a slave's work for your masters as though you're working for the Lord. And I, that was something I really held to in, in that job was like, you know, s- serve them like you're serving the Lord. Keep your integrity of heart. Keep a good attitude. Continue to work with a spirit of love, even though they they're really hard on you. And, um, you know, because that's what God wants us to do. And, you, and when we do that, God does things through us. And it's, I'd say just, just watch and see what he would do. Yeah. So that was, that's one thing. And then I must say probably my greatest challenge but greatest reward in life has been parenting children. <laughs> um, but especially young children. Is there anyone here that's got like babies or little, little people under five? I know, Josh and Zoe, yeah, Tabby, yeah. Uh, honestly, guys, you you are in the fire at the moment. And I'm not, it's so, you know, but have, have hope. You're going to get through this, all right? We had four children in less than five years. I can hear the gasps, yeah. <laughs> it was madness. Um, I mean, talk about not not having your own life, you know, demanding on your life, your body, your time is not your own. All-consuming, sleep-deprived, constant sickness, constant mess, constant washing, constant demand, constant danger, constant carnage. Just, there's no reprieve. Absolutely none. <laughs> you even go to the bathroom, you can't go there without someone being there. It's just nonstop. And um, yeah, so I would just say, I'll just, I'll wrap up with a final story on that one. Um, One day I went out to the washing line, hanging out like the third load of washing for the day, knowing that the next day would look exactly the same. I'm thinking, God, what am I doing? And um, I just felt like God said, what you're doing now is you're sowing into the next generation. You're not hanging out washing. You're sowing into someone's life. Don't despise your circumstance, you know. God will work through you. God will work in it. So yeah. Um, So through difficult times, keep praying. Keep thanking God. Speak the word of God into every situation. Hang on to his promises. Keep going to church. Keep worshipping. Keep people in your world who can pray for you and support you. And be your family keep going to your connect group keep tithing and giving and repeat it repeat it thank God at every turn repeat it thank God and recognize and acknowledge his provision and blessing even when there's still challenge rejoice and again I say rejoice rejoice <laughs> Make the effort. Speak to the mountain. Speak truth. Repeat. Begin to see God at work despite the circumstances. See Him in the fire next to you. Put one foot in front of the other. Keep loving. Keep hoping. Keep praying. Keep thanking. Keep serving. Keep giving. Keep practicing the way. See what God does, not just for you, but through you. For others, your purpose is tied up in more than just yourself. You don't know the lives that you will touch, what your ongoing ripple effects will be going out into the world. Jesus is love for us. That's what kept him on the cross. That's what made him fulfill that, his love. Let your love for Jesus keep you steadfast in all seasons. Thank you. I'm just gonna wrap up now and um, let Joshua see So if you wrap us up with a final song about God's love and just thought you might like to take a moment in His presence, just receive His love. If you're feeling a little bit empty, like you haven't got anything left to give, get in His presence now and just receive it. Fill up your cup so that you can live and serve with the spirit of love. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at infoannisbrook.co.nz or visit our website.